got all these cords on me. This thing makes me feel like I have hair again when I go like this. <laughs> I wish I had hair. I did have hair, I promise you. It was beautiful. Well, how is everyone? Good? Well, here we are. We are finishing up the series of Armor of God. We're going to wrap it up today. And before we dig into our last and final piece for this series of the Armor of God today, I want to do a recap. Some of you have been with us from the start six weeks ago, but some of you have not. So I want to do a recap real quick about what we've been learning. So the first one is the belt of the truth, or belt of truth. We as Christians need to put on the belt of truth by putting on the word of God and standing for truth and standing against evil. Number two is the breastplate of righteousness. You guys hear me okay? Yeah? Okay. The breastplate of righteousness helps us to develop a pure, purity of heart to fight that battle. Number three, the, shoe, the shoes of readiness of the gospel of peace. As Christians, we should always be prepared even in the times of battle. As we never know when we're going to have that opportunity may arise and to share the good news of the gospel with someone. Number four, the shield of faith. The shield of faith, when we're taking up the shield of faith, it's in order to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Number five, the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is the great hope of, final, uh, of the final self. Excuse me, let me back up. The helmet of salvation is the great hope of final salvation that gives us confidence and assurance that our present battle and war with Satan will not last forever, and we will be victorious at the end. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. We use the sword of the Spirit as the Word of God as a strong defense weapon protecting us against the lies of Satan. The, the sword of the Spirit can also be a strong weapon of the offense, too. And this leads us to today, okay? Today, we're going to be, again, wrapping up this series with the final piece of the armor of God. So with that said, if you want to grab your Bibles, um, and turn to Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. And you can read along with me. If you don't have a Bible, you can look it up on your phone, your Bible app. Or you can, there's a Bible underneath the seat in front of you. And the page number is 1,160. So let's read it. Or not read it. I'll read, let's read it along with me, okay? Here we go. So it's, it says this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, 
words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known of the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So here's the idea that I want to hit home today. It's praying in the spirit. Okay, think about that. How do we pray in the spirit? What does that look like? Look like? Or even to the point of what is prayer? Now listen, seriously, we all talk about prayer, right? Shake your heads. We all talk about prayer. And, but we speak about prayer and say we are going to do it for ourselves and for others. But again, what is prayer? Wikipedia, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, the definition for prayer is this. Prayer is an invocation or act that sees, seeks, to, uh, seeks to activate or understand with the object of worship through thoughtful communication. And I like how John MacArthur puts it. He puts it as this way in a meaning, of, a meaning or idea of prayer. He says, prayer refers to the general request without, while petition refers to those that are specific. And here's a simpler uh, version of what we can say is that prayer is approaching in a way to connecting with God. And while, that, while it is certainly good to know what the meaning of prayer is, the real question that we got to ask ourselves is if we truly understand what prayer is at the core and how to do it. Because when we truly understand prayer, it changes how often we do it. It changes how we pray. It changes what we pray for, and it becomes more of an expectation for us when it comes to prayer. And prayer becomes more alive because we, direct, we are directly, directly connected to the Lord and his will through the Holy Spirit. And how many of you have run into a friend? Think about this. I know I have done this. How many of you have run into a friend that's going through a bad time? Right? Think about that. You run into a friend that goes, is going through a bad time in their life, and you say... I will pray for you, right? And then you go throughout the day and you do your, your stuff that you do out throughout the day and you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, I got to pray for that person, right? And it comes to, the prayer comes to, we'll say Johnny. This, the prayer comes to saying, God, I lift up Johnny to you today. And that's it, right? It might be because you forgot what you were supposed to pray for for them. But here's the thing. Sometimes, as Christians, we get lazy when it comes to praying. We get lazy in a way of thinking to ourselves of when it comes to praying that you just don't know what to pray for or about. And some of our prayers get to the point that it's just a check-off. Check-off for the day. I prayed. And it's like the prayer is a national anthem, right? 
a national anthem for a football game, basketball game, whatever, whatever sport. It starts up the game, but it absolutely does not relate to what's going on to the field. And we have to ask ourselves and evaluate ourselves when it comes to our prayer life. Are we praying just to make it a checklist, a check off the list, or is it something that we're supposed to do? Are we deepening the sweet relationship with the Lord through conversation and intercessions on God's people's, God's people's behalf by praying in the Spirit? Now, Ephesians 6.18 shows us what it looks like to pray in the Spirit. And here in this letter, that when we, here in the letter in 6, in Ephesians 6, here's Paul, he's wrapping up the letter in Ephesians 6, and uh, he's closing, closing it up, and he's giving the instructions to the, uh, the Christian followers, he's giving the general instructions on prayer. And Paul is showing and teaching five prayer universals, or in other words, five prayer elements. So if you would, look at 18. Look at verse 18 again. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's all of the Lord's people. Now, I want to read from the New American Standard Translation with that verse, verse 618. It says this, With all prayer and petitions, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with, with, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Do you see the pattern? All, 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 all. There's four alls in that verse. And here in 18, Paul is breaking down the verses into four pieces to give, to give the Christ followers or to us a general understanding of what a Christ follower's prayer looks like. But for today, I'm going to put five. I'm, not just, I'm going to be an overachiever, and I'm going to put five instead of four. So with that said, pull out your note sheet. And here's your first fill in the blank. Our first element of the five prayer elements is this, the variety of prayer. What does Paul mean by the variety of prayer? He is taking two words in the first part of verse 18 and saying, with all prayer and petition. Right? So he's taking two key words. The two key words are prayer and petition. And here he's saying, Paul is pointing to the idea of these two words, prayer and petition, as the idea that we as Christ followers are to get involved in all kinds of prayer and every form of prayer that is appropriate. And what, what, does, what does getting involved of all kinds of prayer and every form of prayer that is appropriate look like? Well, prayer may come out as a soft whisper. Most of us, we've probably all done that. We're praying in a soft whisper, 
or you're praying in a, a, a shout, you're shouting out your prayer, um, you're praying a silent prayer in your head, it could be praying uh, the verse, your favorite scripture, Bible verse, it could be singing a prayer such as the doxology, with raising your hands and closing your eyes. It could be a form of praying in the church, at home, at work. We even see different forms of prayers in the Old Testament and the New Testament in the Bible. Just as, for example, just as Jesus prayed, was praying to God before he was arrested in Mark 14, 35 through 36, with it saying this. Going a little further, he, te- he falls to the ground and prays that it is if it that if possible, the hour might pass for him. Abba Father, he says, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Now, in our North Hills student ministry, we the, we just finished up the series. Uh, we usually do four series. Uh, whatever topic we're on, and we just finished up the series. Excuse me. And the series was called Anthem. And the anthem was focused on the main idea of worship and understanding that worship is not just music. It's not just music. There's other ways that we can worship God. And one of the weeks that we had, um, we learned about how the psalmist uh, always would write down their thoughts and their words in, of the Psalms that they wrote so they can fully remember those prayers and can go back and reflect on those Psalms in the times of suffering and trial. And they knew that God was faithful with reading those Psalms, going back and reading them. And I believe that that act of, act of worship could be also be an act of prayer in our times of being with God. When we, when we take some sort of journal or whatever and we write down our prayers, and we could go back and we could look at those and continue to praise God for what he's done in our lives. But overall, Paul is helping us to understand we as Christians need to be faithful, spirit-filled Christians to every place when it, com- when it becomes a place of prayer. That in the variety of prayer, we need to both be regular and constant. Okay, so let's move on to s- number two. The second element is this. The, frequent, the frequency of prayer now look at, I, I'm going off the new, uh, new American Standard translation. So you can look on a screen, it'll be up there for 18, for verse 18. But for verse 18, we'll continue on piece by piece. It says, with all prayers and petition, pray at all times. So we know that two words, the two words prayer and petition lead to the variety of prayer but now let's look at the few next few words that Paul is directing us, which is the, two, the words of prayer at all times. Okay, okay, Paul. Are you telling me 
then I need to pray or we need to pray in a formal or a noticeable way every waking moment of our lives? Well, I, I, I believe the answer to that question is no. Jesus did not do that, nor did the that disciples do that. The apostles did that. I believe that Paul is saying here is that all prayer takes many and different forms. For an example, when there's something beautiful that happens and comes into your life, like a newborn baby, for me, it would be Porter. We can have that form of prayer of simply just saying, thank you, God. Or another example could be when we see evil all around us and, and uh, or we have something in our lives that don't go that we felt we had control over and it didn't go the way we wanted to, are we going to go to the blaming, the blaming game of blaming God for something that doesn't go our way or, or, or blame God for the evil that's all around us? Or do we go to the Heavenly Father with saying, you are in control? Or even praying through a Bible verse, such as Proverbs 3, Five through six, which it says this, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean on not, lean not on your own understandings in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Here's what I want to do as a congregation right now. I want you guys to bow your heads. We're going to pray through this scripture, okay? So, Lord, I trust you with all my heart and I lean not on your own understanding. I submit to you in all of my ways as you make my path straight. Our path straight. We trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So prayer is an excellent way to bring glory to God. It tells a story that we need God desperately. On our best days of our lives and the worst days of our lives. We praise in the good moments. We praise him in the good moments in our prayers, and we ask for help in the tough moments in our prayers and in our lives. The ultimate purpose of our salvation is to glorify God and to bring him rich fellowship with God and to have rich fellowship with God to fail in bringing God into every aspect of our lives. And prayer is to deny that purpose. That rich fellowship with God is not something that we have to wait for until we get to heaven. God is wanting that relationship here and the relationship and the fellowship with us here on earth through a rich and fulfilling prayer life. Colossians 4.2 says this, devote yourself to prayer, be watchful, watchful, and thankful. Let's go to number three. Number three, the element is named this, the power of prayer. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. The key word that Paul is emphasizing right here is for us, and part of our prayer element is in the Spirit. 
Okay, Paul, with, with praying in the Spirit, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to know how to speak tongues? Does that mean I need to pray in a dramatic way? No, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul, in the word, the words in the Spirit is the most, most important element of prayer that Paul is explaining. Because praying in the Spirit is to pray in the name of Jesus. And that we are praying in the direct will and nature, nature of God. We aren't praying by our own will and our own wishes. We are praying by praying in the Spirit. And he is saying here that we can pray in the Spirit for help in the times of weakness. And he is, we are, he's saying that we can pray, be praying in the Spirit to guide us with the words when we don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf to align us with God's will. Our part of this is to continue to submit to the Holy Spirit, obey God's word, and rely on God's leading and wisdom. The Holy Spirit himself is continuously praying for us and that we might have the right mindset in our thoughts, our words, and our actions as they they are lining up to God's will. Okay, number four. The fourth element is this. The manner of prayer, the manner of prayer, verse 18, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and petition. Praying with perseverance, praying with perseverance. We need to be like good soldiers who stay alert. And don't give up and fall asleep. We must not fall asleep spiritually. The enemy would certainly attack us if we were asleep. And that's why we need to pray with perseverance. We, we touch on this Bible passage in the first element with reading from Mark, where Jesus and the disciples are in the garden. But I'm going to go to Matthew 6, 26, 39 to 41. And it reminds us of how important it is to stay alert and to pray with perseverance and pray for strength to preserve. Matthew 26, 39 to 41. Look at the screen. And it says this. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let it cup Let this cup pass for me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came back, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch for me for an hour? Keeping, keep watching and praying so you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I just wonder how asleep have we been? How asleep has the church been today? And I'm not saying us. I'm, I'm just saying we need to take an honest assessment over that for ourselves of where we are. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, that gives us a reminder of, of praying with perseverance. Look at the screen. Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Paul helps us to understand the importance of the manner in prayer. A manner of prayer that is involving that we are praying specifically a specific request and God answering it. Charles Spurgeon said, says that this way regarding the praying uh, with perseverance. He says this, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is a far deeper, it is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator and of heaven and earth. So I want you to think about this. When was the last time that you prayed? Was it a prayer of thankfulness, of asking, or in other words, was it a request? Was it a request of just a request, or was it a request of starting with, in Jesus' name, I ask so, 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 so on, so on, so on. Matthew's, Matthew 20, 30, 34 says this, two blind men were sitting on by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted even louder. They shouted all the louder, Lord, son of, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stepped stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. The Lord answered. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed. So having our prayers in the manner that we, that we are that we are devoting and earnestly, courageously, and bringing everything as a request in our lives before God. So what do we pray for? What do we pray for? Prayer, it could be a, uh, a prayer of requests such as particular people, and not just Christians. Particular problems that are small and big, Pray for protection, spiritual protection, deliverance from attacks, physical healing. Pray for strength. How about we pray for our spiritual needs, our temptations, our forgiveness for our, for our sins, and most of all, our salvation with Jesus Christ and salvation for our unbelievers. In other, way, in other words, if you want prayers answered, you must be, you must be specific, specific in your requests. Be clear, be clear. I mean, when I was writing this, I'm going a little off script. When I was writing this, this was speaking to me. I had to check myself because I get in the habit of saying those little prayers. 
and just checking it off, right? We, we all do. And so we need to really realize how we're approaching God when it comes to prayer and how we're requesting those prayers and being clear of what we ask for. God cares about those big and small things. So there's so much details that, that we need to have in our prayers. So in short, as Christians, we need to be praying always and praying with perseverance. And then that brings us to our last element. Our last element is the object of prayer. Verse 18 again, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and prediction. of the, uh, for, a, for the saints. So the key words from Paul here is all of the saints. What does it mean about all the saints? What it means is us. It means that the Christians and believers, the Christ followers like you and me, Christian believers know that there is and there will continue to be a spiritual battle. Spiritual warfare. We have only won by the death of Jesus. Do not be discouraged. We know that the enemy enemy loses. And God's kingdom will reign forever. The battle is temporary. So fight the good fight and pray in the spirit with the spiritual armor of God on. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says... Be on guard, stand stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be strong. So Paul is teaching us Christians to simply just, not just simply praying for ourselves, but we need to pray for others and other believers to have spiritual wisdom, put on that armor of God, and to pray for others' spiritual needs as well as physical needs, rather than just these things for ourselves. But here's the thing. If we are truly spiritually healthy, we should be praying for other believers. If we are not, maybe we should evaluate our health in our spiritual life. Pray for unbelievers to experience and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as well for other believers to stand firm in their faith. In Christ. One of my favorite movies, and some of you maybe have seen it, one of my uh, favorite movies that I highly recommend, maybe even tonight, go home and watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, The movie is called War Room, okay? And there's a scene in the movie that's towards the end of the movie that Miss Carla, no, Clara, Tia got me last night. What was it, Carla or Clara? Clara, there it is. You think I remember that? That was my great-grandma's name. No. Uh, so Clara, Miss Clara, had her own war room. And this, this scene, is, is, it gives me goosebumps every time I watch it because it truly is a prayer. It's a powerful prayer to God to raise up an army of believers. It's a great example for us to understand how we can pray for others. Let's watch this together. 
You've done it again, Lord. You've done it again. You are good and you are mighty and you are merciful. And you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. Give me another one, Lord. Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world. That will not compromise when under pressure. That will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Pretty good, isn't it? Wow, it's powerful. Man, I was in tears when I watched that. But seriously, I think it's a good thing that we watch that because in the world we live in right now, pretty crazy. A lot of evil around us. But I'm going to continue on. Um, we know we are in a spiritual battle. And with the armor of God on our bodies, we can pray in the spirit just like this warm room. Maybe get a warm room. I don't know what that looks like and have that warm room. I know my wife, she had a warm room and then a baby came. But that's okay. Okay. Um, we, we come to the final verses, the last, the last two verses. I'm going to go back to NIV, okay? So if you look up on the screen, this is, this is Paul. Oh, let me just read it. Here we go. So pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. Chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So here's Paul. He's finishing up the letter 
before the benediction by saying, hey, guys, I want you to pray for me, too. Pray for him and pray for Paul while he is in prison and that he would continue to have the boldness to make the gospel known to all and that he would, he would, he, he, he would make that gospel known to who he is writing to and to be able to proclaim the gospel. He's labeling himself as an ambassador in chains, okay? Back in Paul's day, okay, in Paul's time, the wealthy would wear these beautiful uh, gold, golden chains to represent the government that they, the government or the family that they were affiliated with. Paul here is one all believers to pray that he would be able to to be an ambassador and gold chains for the Lord our God, that everyone whom he came into contact with knew exactly who he was affiliated with. But now how do we apply all this? Okay? How do we apply this to our lives? First Peter, look at the screen. First Peter five eight. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemies your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you have the armor of God in your life today and are ready to stand for our faith and for what is the truth and what is the right? What's that saying today in today's world that I've heard that the wrong is right and the right is wrong? That's not what it is. We need to stand for what's right and what's true. Look in, look at the, uh, look at the world that we live in with, again, all of the evil that's around us. We absolutely need to be alert to have the armor of God and to be ready for whenever that spiritual warfare will bring to us and come at us. So a month ago in our staff meeting, uh, one of our staff meetings, um, we watched this video that really hit home with the idea as Christians today, generally speaking, Christians in America have had it pretty easy. And it's kind of been like a cruise ship. Think of a cruise ship. You ever been on a cruise ship? Oh, totally worth it. Sorry. Um, it's kind of like a cruise ship. It's just being on a cruise ship ride. But church, the times that we are living in right now are changing. I'm pretty sure all of us have realized that. It is pretty much changing. But here's the reality. Are we going to just be on that Christianity cruise of just doing the religion things uh, as uh, we just go to uh, saying uh, we go to church every Sunday and that's enough? Or are we going to choose to board that battleship and fight on the front lines with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and the shoes of the gospel. Peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for this opportunity to speak. Um, thank you for speaking to me. Um, 
I, 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 I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but it is so true that when someone writes something to present, most of the time it speaks more to them than it speaks to everyone else. But in a way, Lord, I hope it, it spoke to everyone. That in the world that we live in, it, it, it's, there's a lot of evil. And I just pray that we are used, when we pray, we are praying in your name. And the request that we give to you and say to you that we are praying that in your name. Father, this, thank you for who you are, how faithful you are, how amazing you are. And thank you for this church. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.